You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Padres podcast, which is part of of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for the, the Thursday, July 22nd. As always, I'm your host with sometimes, occasionally, but certainly not always, the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work at places like Baseball FYI, Friars on Base, Off the Bench Baseball, or recently just launched Just Baseball, where I recently wrote about the Brewers, or maybe you might be more familiar with uh, the pop culture side of the world. Maybe that's more of your thing. Well, in that case, you can find my work at places like Nerdist, Mental Floss, Inverse, Film Cred, Blade Disgusting, and more, and hopefully many more to come. But most importantly, guys, of this year Lockdown Padres podcast, you can check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javapeno, and that's spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, and if you feel so inclined, please hit me up on there with any questions, comments, or concerns that you might have, and I'll do my very best to get them answered and addressed or interacted with on the show in any form, whatever, because I love doing that. It's a lot of fun. I'm a giving guy. What can I say? Today's episode is brought to you by Locked On MLB Prospects. Obviously, it's MLB draft season. Just happened. So many prospects. So many young guys. And the Lockdown MLB Prospects podcast has you covered with host Arm Layton bringing you player interviews and farm system breakdowns every day. So subscribe to Lockdown MLB Prospects on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And for today's episode, guys, it's not as big of a chunky boy as I would have liked. You know, yesterday's was a... Oh, man. Yesterday's was a big old chunky boy. Yesterday's episode was awesome. I, I loved it. it was so much stuff, so much nerdy stuff in it. And we're going to get nerdy today for sure, but not quite as much as yesterday or even tomorrow. And for today's episode specifically, we're going to be talking about yesterday's double header between the Padres and the Braves that did not exactly go uh, the way we would have liked. Uh, but it's not because the Padres lost. It's because the second game got rained out, which is a bummer because I waited like three hours for us to get an update on it. And even they were just showing pictures of Tatis. He looked miserable. So we're going to be talking about those games a little bit. And then going to be talking about a listener kind of DM that I got that I actually thought was interesting because... It's a, it's a topic that I haven't discussed enough on the show, to be honest with you. Uh, and honestly, it's that's my fault. Uh, I only talked about it a little bit, and I think that it deserves to be explored a little bit more. And uh, I'm excited for that. I'm excited for that. Uh, so let's get into it, guys. Let's talk about the first game of the day, 12 my time. It was really cool because, hey, man, I, uh, I love when games are early. Uh, in general, I'm like 7 o'clock, but when it's at 12, it's like, look, I work from home, so I can usually find a way to kind of watch. I do some work that doesn't require, you know, a little bit more monotonous work where I can kind of have something on at the same time, especially baseball, which is a sport that, in my opinion, is designed to be watched while you do something else. Uh, and in this case, I was able to do that. It felt like NFL Sunday, you know, where if you're on the West Coast where you get to watch games like when you wake up for breakfast, you know what I mean? Like you get to wake up and all of a sudden you have a football game on, and which must be awesome for all you West Coast football fans i imagine um but basically game one the padres win by a score of three to two and the big thing from this game is that first of all it is the doubleheader 
is a doubleheader thing, and the doubleheader means that both games only go to seven innings. So in this case, we had Chris Paddock go essentially what was uh, basically a full game, more or less. You know what I mean? Like a seven-inning kind of starting. Uh, he goes five innings, giving up no runs, allowing three hits, one strikeout. So not getting a lot of batters to whiff necessarily. He did, on a couple pitches, really make the fastball rise up in the zone, which was nice. But otherwise, it was a fine performance from Paddock. But bottom line, he's still got a 5.17 ERA. So despite even having a decent outing, Chris Paddock, you literally never know what you're going to get from him. Which I guess has just been the story from for a lot of guys, honestly, uh, from the pitching, the starting pitching department, it feels like this year. Uh, but for different reasons. You know what I mean? Blake Snell and Chris Paddock, it's because you don't know which version of them is going to show up, right? Uh, especially when, when it comes to, to Blake Snell, but mostly Blake Snell is like always starts. He's been terrible. And then you have Nelson Lamette in the sense that, not that he's going to get erupted for a bunch of runs, but is he going to stay in the game for long enough, I guess, right? So a little bit unpredictable nature from the Padres starting pitching this year for sure. But granted, welcome to baseball in the current, uh, I guess, structure, current phase that we're in. It's hard to find good pitching that's going to be consistently going out there, giving you six, seven uh, innings. So uh, at least Paddock did not blow up in this game. The two runs that the Braves did score came off of Drew Pomeranz, actually, who just recently was activated off the, the IL, which I've been better at saying that, by the way. Been much better lately at saying IL instead of DL. Really, I'm really proud of myself, guys. Um, but he gives up uh, one earned run, two runs, but only one earned after there was a little bit of an error, a little bit of an error that occurred from one Sir Manny Machado, to be specific, his seventh of the year. All good. Manny Machado is still one of the best gloves at that position in all of baseball. And in terms of the offense. We had some guys that were pretty decent here. You know, you have Machado going one for three with a walk, which is nice. You have Profar going two for three. He yeeted a ball at one point, by the way, that I thought was... Profar's been making much better contact over the past few games. Not necessarily resulting in a bunch of hits, but he has been making good contact, which is at least somewhat encouraging. Um, Tommy Pham uh, did not get a hit in this game, but he did manage to draw two walks, which was nice. And uh, in terms of the actual RBIs, though, Hassan Kim hit a sacrifice fly in this game, which was nice. And then the big one, 412 feet, El Nino, baby. He hits a home run to deep left center, allowing Tommy Pham to score. Absolutely yeeted the ball into another dimension. It's funny because I was thinking to myself, actually, for this Atlanta series, that uh, Tatis was due, not in terms of just playing well. I mean, he's made a lot of good plays. He's had big RBI opportunities. He had that four, what was it, four for five game against the Nationals when they scored. Uh, or actually, it wasn't, I don't think. Was it the Nationals game he went four for five? Let me see here. No, it wasn't not. It was not the... The, the 24 run game it was the the game that they won the next day when he went four for five but even still like it's he wasn't due for hits but he was due for that home run so it's nice to see Tatis get back onto the home run leaderboards just fantasy MVP he's stealing bases he's yes he does strike out a lot but he gets enough walks to kind of offset that and he hits the ball so far that I don't really care so I don't know why I'm like talking about Tatis so much we know what he's capable of guys and he basically was the one who won the game, and that was very nice. Uh, nice way to start, especially com coming off of the loss yesterday, which felt like we got kind of home run fly-balled uh, to death in a bad way, in the sense that uh, actually someone brought this up on Twitter where like it was the second time that May Machado uh, brought someone to the warning track with a hit, and it really feels like Machado like has been a little bit robbed just by the luck gods for home runs, but didn't matter as Tatis came up with the big hit in this game. 
And I loved it. I loved every second of it. And also, Mark Melanson picking up the save, going one inning, and it was kind of a quick inning, too. He struck out two. I know, crazy, right? He actually struck out two batters. How nasty is that? That brings Mark Melanson's strikeout total on the season over the course of 40 innings. 32, guys. 32 strike. How, how killer is that? Uh, but anyway, guys, before we continue on into the next game of the doubleheader, I need to talk to you about Fully Loaded Chew. Fully Loaded Chew is tobacco-free, long-cut, and pouches that give you the same pack, dip, spit, and buzz you're used to without the tobacco. Available in nine flavors, Fully Loaded Chew is made with all food-grade ingredients and tobacco-free nicotine, the purest form of nicotine available. It's the only moist nicotine pouch on the market. All our nicotine pouches are dry white pouches. Nothing dips, spits, and packs like Fully Loaded Chew. And Fully Loaded Chew is offering Lockdown Padres listeners a special offer. Right now, you can try a can for just $1. That's right, just one buckaroo. Go to www.fullyloadedchew.com and use promo code LOCKEDON. Just $1 and free shipping if you use the code LOCKEDON at checkout, guys. Next time you go for a dip, make it Fully Loaded Chew. And shifting gears for just a second, guys. Vroom. We're talking about some rock auto. And here's the thing, guys. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, you know, it's it's impossible for your local chain auto parts to, to keep up with everything. And there's all these intimidating questions. Is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? You know, is it nitro fuel? Is it nitroglycerin peroxide? I'm making that part up. But still, bottom line can be a little bit confusing. Not with Rock Auto. You can also save time and money when using the site. Why choose to spend up to 30, 50, 100 percent more for the same parts from a chain store or or car dealership. For example, Honda Odyssey fuel pump is 353 from the chain store, 216 from Macado. Sounds pretty good to me. I don't know about you guys. Uh, they have everything you can need from brake parts, the tail lamps, mortar, and even new carpet. So, guys, what are you waiting for? You got to check out this place. Go to rockout.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their How'd You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Now, with those messages all said and done, guys, let's move on to game two of this old. Uh, this little double header, and it was a pretty uh, interesting one, actually. Uh, it gets suspended due to inclement weather, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. The second game of this double header ends with a score of five to four. It isn't, you know, ended. There wasn't a victory or whatever. The Padres weren't in lead at the time. Uh, five to four, the score, and it was. I mean, it was actually kind of a good game too. It was. It was actually one of those games that, like, you you thought that you were gonna get games like this all the time between the Padres and the Braves, I guess you could say. Preseason, you thought we were going to get a good game. It was pretty interesting. There was a lot of RBIs in this one, much more in the first game, and what was interesting is that it was actually a bullpen game for the Padres with uh, Arbore Rieskinier uh, making another appearance, uh, giving up three runs in one and two-thirds innings, so not a great adding for him, raising his ERA to 8.44. Granted, it's only a second start, so that's Part of the reason why his ERA is, is so astronomically high. Uh, but it's still, it was a bullpen game. Uh, fan favorite Daniel Camarena only lasted an inning, giving up an, uh, an earned run. And after only getting one out, he allows two hits and, and an earned run. So that's that's unfortunate. Neil Krizmat is able to halt the damage a little bit. And then Tim Hill comes in for a second after, you know, just one pitch, really. Uh, you know what I mean? Like just a couple pitches, and that was it for him. Uh, and that basically told a tale from the Padres side of things. And then from the Braves, it was Mr. Who, uh, Bryce Wilson, who was getting absolutely destroyed by the Padres. I mean, I'm talking fly balls. Man, Machado had another deep fly ball in this game that didn't end up getting a home run, but still uh, just 
They absolutely murdered him for five runs over two innings on four hits. He walked four, only struck out two. And really, just the big RBIs in this game coming from a bunch of different guys, but the biggest one coming from Hassan Kim, who hit a huge double in the top of the first inning. A lot of the Padres' damage comes from the top of the first inning. Uh, after a bunch of walks happen, uh, Eric Hosmer hits a sacrifice fly left. We're crazy, right? Eric Hosmer managed to get the ball out of the infield. It was lovely. I, I adored every second of it. Uh, Tatis ends up scoring on a wild pitch. Close play at home, and then you get the Hassan Kim double, uh, which was great. Hassan Kim has looked a lot better. He hasn't been an elite bat. Or dare I see even a good at bat. But maybe this is just an eye test thing. It seems like he's a little bit more comfortable at the plate. I love the new hairdo. I put this out on, uh, on the Twitter poll uh, asking whether or not um, everybody was yay or nay for Hassan Kim's new hair, which just looks like, I don't know, some BTS type thing. You know, I don't really know exactly. I'm not all that caught up on K-pop, to be perfectly honest with you. But in just in terms of uh, his look, he just had the energy of the BTS. He had the energy of a Super Saiyan. He had the energy of a... I don't know. What's higher than a Super Saiyan? Like a, a hamster running in a wheel in, in your 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 tank or whatever you put those things in. But anyway, guys, uh, I actually put on a poll uh, asking. You know, because I actually was wondering, like, am I one of those people who just loves any type of crazy hair, especially from baseball players or any new-looking hair? And uh, so far, currently on the Lockdown Padres account, you guys can still vote. There's actually some hours left. But uh, 90%, 62 votes, 90% say yay, only 10% say nay. So uh, I guess that confirms it. Uh, new hair, new, better improved swing. It's great. Love seeing this from Hassan Kim. We already know that he's a great utility player in the sense that he can play, you know, second, third. He can he can move around a little bit. He can play shortstop too. Um, especially shortstop and third base is probably where he's played more. But I do like the utility, and he's a really great glove. At one point, was the best defensive player on the Padres, even more so than Jake Cronenworth. Yeah, really. That's what that first season of baseball was like. And don't get me wrong, he's still very good, but not as good as Jake the Rake, who made a lot of great catches, by the way, uh, in, in today's doubleheader. I forgot to mention that. And also, speaking of Cronenworth, I saw uh, the other day, I think it was Fangraphs put out like their kind of like top 100 trade value guys. So just taking into account, obviously, skill and stuff and I'm, I'm the contract uh, for sure. Um, Jake Cronenworth was at like number 20 of the most like valuable like assets in the league. And that's because he's not even a free agent until 2026. Like, I think it, I think Padres fans do know how good and how awesome Jake Cronenworth is but I think because of Manny because of Tatis because of Grisham because of the fact that Preller has this amazing ability to get anybody they want at any time that it does get a little bit forgotten that they struck the lottery and I mean the lottery with Jake Cronenworth and it, it like it doesn't feel like he's a guy that's going to regress you know what I mean this isn't an Eric Hosmer thing which I brought up by the way uh today he played in this game I brought up on Twitter that um, he's been one of the hottest hitters in baseball, has a WRC plus that is just absolutely absurd at 189 uh, since July 1st, but uh, ground ball rate is still incredibly high. His BABIP is astronomically high. Isolated power isn't great, and the hard hit rate isn't that great, which actually the hard hit rate is something that he's not usually struggling with, so that's actually the least problematic thing uh, on there that I actually expect to, to go up to a degree, but he's just going to hammer the ball back to the ground, so that's that's the thing. Guys, enjoy the Hosmer thing while it lasts. He's probably just playing extremely well until the, uh, the trade deadline, just in case. He's like, oh, I'm not getting traded, but let me just make sure I show up a little bit, being a little bit mean about Hosmer right now, but what do you want from me? 
uh, we, you need more from the guy. It's just so frustrating how much he hoodwinked us with the launch angle stuff last year. Uh, but anyway, that basically sums up this game. Uh, the Padres do blow their lead, kind of, and it becomes 5-4. But it doesn't really matter as the game ends up being suspended. No word yet from what I saw on when the game will be made up. So for now, we must just wait until that next matchup comes up. You know, and, and, and just in general... Really bummed that I waited like three hours to see if this game would continue. They were posting these pictures of Tatis looking miserable, just hanging out in the locker room, looking like he's just looking at the wall, which really like epitomizes Tatis as a personality. You know he couldn't wait to get back on there. Uh, all the guys want to go back on there, don't get me wrong, but I love that they showed the pictures of Tatis. Uh, but really, it's just it's unfortunate that I had to wait that long, and it's also unfortunate that this Brave series wasn't... it. On, in theory, like this Brave series should have been one of the more exciting ones. I mean, they have Ronald Acuna. They have a great team. They were in the NLCS and one game away from being the Dodgers. Like they've been an exciting team too, but with injuries, with the rain, just not nearly as interesting a series. But now they head to Miami and they have a roof, so we won't be getting uh, games rained out. At least uh, that is one positive to look forward to in that series. And guys, before we get into the last kind of bit of this here podcast, I want to talk to you about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online and get all the latest news, not just in baseball, but the NBA, the NHL, UFC, MMA, whatever you're kind of interested in. They've got you covered before the next pitch. Before tomorrow's or today's uh, next pitch uh, from Blake Snell, uh, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Remember to use that promo code LOCKEDON, guys. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts all right guys and now that we're back killing it killing we're continuing on ladies and gentlemen and we're gonna be talking about a little bit of a question a little bit of a question that comes from a listener that's right every now and then i listen to people crazy right and uh, in this case, I'm listening to Mr. Joshua Landis, who I've mentioned on the show. He's asked a bunch of questions before. Always appreciate uh, my guy reaching out. He said, not sure if you touched on it earlier this season. Haven't heard on any of the pods that I've listened to about this. I hate, he says, I hate when Tingler switches the lineup so much. There was always a sense of comfort for me knowing where I was going to be slated day in and day out. And I worry it could be an issue mentally in the postseason for some guys or even right now. So let's talk about that a little bit. And I'm curious to see if you guys want to hit me up on Twitter with your takes on this as well. Um, I think it all depends, right? So the biggest thing with this I found always is usually that top of the lineup, right? When it comes to like Haas and it comes to Myers, like I don't think that them moving around in the lineup is as uh, troublesome usually. But it is a little bit weird how there are some days when even Jake Cronenworth might lead off. That hasn't happened nearly as much, don't get me wrong, but it is a little bit inconsistent, right? Last year, basically, it was, honestly, it was a a pretty consistent lineup, right? It was usually Trent Grisham, Tatis, or, or Tatis, 
if it was a lefty, righty-lefty type of matchup, depending for Grisham. Even though Grisham, actually, this year, his uh, numbers against both are fine. I mean, against lefties, granted, and fewer at-bats, he's batting 262 with a 384 on base, while against righties, he's batting 267 with a 341 on base. Uh, so slightly better numbers for against the lefties, but just if it is a lefty-righty type of thing, they like to mix up the matchup, which is which is fine. You don't want to be a Yankees team and have your lineup, you know, total mess and just all righty-heavy, I guess. But, um... You know they've 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 tinkered with that before last year, but this year it's like Tommy Pham is is batting fifth. You know he was batting fifth in the in the, in the National Series a little bit, and don't get me wrong, I I just I I like it. I like the idea in theory of moving around the lineup, but I do wonder every now and then like if this is necessarily the right thing to do. Now don't get me wrong. Jace hasn't really, especially after last year, I think he's done some better things this year. I think that uh, he's made the right bullpen decisions for the most part. I brought up how I wouldn't have used Tim Hill in the game that they won by a lot in the series against the Nationals, the one that was resumed after the shooting incident. Again, everyone stay safe out there. Um, After the shooting incident, they actually used um, Tim Hill despite having a pretty comfortable league. And then in the next game, uh, Juan Soto in a huge at-bat, they're bringing in Emilio Pagan, who I might have preferred Tim Hill uh, actually against Juan Soto in that matchup. Granted, Soto's awesome, so that's not a... Relax. Like, maybe he still would have yeeted the ball out of the ballpark. He's been on fire. He had another home run, I think, today. I'm pretty sure. I think he did. I don't feel like checking. But um, basically, when it comes to the lineup, guys, I think that... There's, there's another question with this is usually why is Tatis ever batting leadoff? Well, I brought this up much earlier in the year, as you mentioned, Joshua. I did touch on this a little bit earlier in the year that Tatis just is a little bit better as a leadoff hitter. His WRC plus is a lot higher. I think it's at like 210 or at least maybe no, not 210, but it's like you know 180 versus like 160. So don't get me wrong. Tatis is still incredible. I haven't checked the numbers uh, updated in a while, but he's an incredible leadoff hitter. And part of that is because you see a lot of fastballs. You know, when you're the leadoff hitter, they don't like putting that guy on to start off the inning, especially starting off the game. You don't want to, you know, throw off speed stuff and curveballs and sliders and cutters and all that stuff. So usually throw fastballs and Tatis murders fastballs. He has one of the hardest hit rates in the league, the exit velo, everything. We all know that. So that's what makes Tatis so much more dangerous. Plus, you take into account the speed on the base paths. It's another thing, right? And don't get me wrong. I only think that Tatis, uh, like, I'm sorry, not Tatis. I think Grisham on any other team is probably the leadoff hitter. He's got a great eye at the plate. He's got some decent pop, and he's also got some good speed uh, and pretty good base running skills too, by the way. So it wouldn't surprise me if Grisham was batting leadoff on any other team. Uh, But it looks like they're starting to use him more there. Now, Grisham hasn't been all that great. He's batting around 230 these last two months, uh, no matter where he's batting. So he needs to step up a little bit. But I do agree in a sense where, you know, some days they have Hosmer batting fourth. Some days they have... The fam batting fifth thing is, is weird to me because I really personally, personally, I like seeing fam as a leadoff hitter. I know that the Tatis thing makes more sense statistically. I like just giving him as many chances to get hits and on base as possible. He's our best player. Making him the leadoff guy is going to give him more at bats fundamentally. It's another point about him batting leadoff. But I just like fam because I think he's the most annoying out in the world. I, like, he will not swing at anything outside the zone. I'm still pretty sure that in terms of outside swing zone percentage, he's one of the five best in the league. Robbie Grossman's another one, by the way. Hit a home run today. And, uh, yeah, Robbie Grossman, very, very underrated trade target. Although I'm not totally convinced that the Tigers would trade him. He's not necessarily a young guy, but I'm not totally convinced because the Tigers have been playing, actually, a lot better baseball lately. But, uh, anyway, personally, I think that when it comes to the lineup... I don't mind really anything they do, 
with especially because we are still only halfway through the season i think last year was a little bit different with experimenting because one it was an it was not a newish team or actually it was yeah, it was. It was a much different roster. It was a first-time manager who has Tommy Pham in the lineup. You have Jay Cronenworth coming in. You have you have all these different guys. You have Grisham. Like it was a little bit of a different lineup. So I understand the tinkering, and to a degree, I understand it now because um, it's it's a it's only halfway through the season, pretty much. So I don't really mind it. The only thing I would mind, just because again, to throw on the Hosmer hater raid, I don't want Hosmer batting uh, cleanup. That, that, that's my only thing. It's only happened a little bit. It happened at the beginning of the season, which I think was fair, by the way, because at the beginning of the season, just he was managing to get hits every time, especially in the games against the Dodgers. So I didn't mind that as much, but just I don't want to see Hosmer hit cleanup. Like, bottom line, right? Like I'd prefer Myers hit cleanup before Hosmer does, because at least Myers, I feel like he might hit a fly ball that might score a runner or at least move a runner over. Hosmer will just grind into a double play or something, right? Like So that's not uh, something I'd like to see from them. But in terms of the tinkering... Personally, I don't mind it, Joshua. I understand your perspective, though. I think that when we get a little bit closer, a little bit more maybe as the season goes on, we might actually see them uh, really, except for maybe the Grisham thing, maybe when it's a righty or lefty, they, I think they're going to have a more consistent lineup and something that is reflective of what to see in the playoffs. But otherwise, thank you for the question, Joshua. It's a great question. And uh, I don't know. Lineup construction's weird, and I think it depends on the pitcher that's on the mound. There's all sorts of advanced stats, and personally, I just I haven't really had a moment this year where I was annoyed with Jace Tingler. Last year, the biggest annoying moment was when he didn't quite come out at first as defensive of Tatis after the 3-0 incident as I would have liked, but he, he kind of recovered from that, and he's been good ever since. Occasional moments where I'm like, oh, why are you bringing this guy? Ah, it's okay, though. Everybody in the bullpen's good. You know what I mean? He can't really go uh, too wrong. You know what I mean? Even even Stammen hasn't been that bad this year, who is the bane of every Padres fan in existence. So, uh, yeah. Thank you for the question, Joshua. Hopefully, I answered it, and hopefully we'll get a little bit more data uh, as, as time goes on. I do want to see a little bit more of uh, the weird lineup changes, because I do think that it depends, um, especially as the season goes on. Uh, but with that all said, guys, that almost does it for today's episode. Let me quickly talk to you about Locked On Bets. It doesn't have to be a guessing game when you're betting on the Padres, guys. You know why? Because you can be listening to the Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks. Get blowout specials. Wrong team favored picks. And Lee Sterling's Lock of the day follow the locked on bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts and before we kind of wind this bad boy down a little bit of a slightly shorter one than yesterday guys about 20 whole minutes almost worth uh let me just tell you tomorrow's episode is going to be a crossover with arm Layton of locked on marlins that'll probably be the entire episode we hopefully will will speak in a, in a timely fashion. We won't talk for like 60 minutes. I talk to Aram a lot. So uh, we'll see how that goes. And he has been a very sad boy. He's not on the Bryce Paterik of Lockdown Rangers level. He's certainly not on the Paul Holden or the Ethan Smith, Smith, Smith level of Lockdown Pirates and Lockdown Rockies. Uh, but he's entering sad boy phase, especially with this whole Starling Marte, uh, them not being able to re-sign him. So I'm really curious to talk to Arm about all that stuff. Not prospect stuff, but specifically the Marlins stuff. And I'm really excited for that. So look forward to that for Friday's episode. And with that all being said, guys, that about does it. For today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, 
Overcast wherever. Send me some five-star reviews if you don't mind on the Apple Podcast app. I would very greatly appreciate that. Follow the show or myself on Twitter. And until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My prior faithful homies, take care.